I'm nearly there. I can smell him. I can smell the squatch. <sighs> so close. I am Ben Bradley, and this is the Fantasy Chairman Podcast Sideshow Sasquatch Square Off Quick Hits in Search of Sass Fellowship of the Squatch has been the name of this journey. And I think, I think I've got Alex on the server here. Alex, hello? Okay. What? Hello. Hold on. Let me adjust this. Alex? I can read you. <gasps> it works. Thank God it works. I am so scared. This has been a rough journey. Oh my gosh. How far into it are you? I'm two days into the cave mouth. Cavern. Tunnel. Channel. I have not eaten since I've entered the cave. My gosh. How are you? Are you alive? We have to find him. We have to find him. We have to bring him back. The people have to know what he knows. All I've got to say is this better be the best fantasy advice we've heard in a long time. <laughs> It'll be advice. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be advice. <laughs> but I'm working on it. I'm trying to get him back. <sighs> we hope you've enjoyed the quick hit ADP Sasquatch battles that we've had going for you here. This will be the last one, I feel like, because it smells like the Squatch is nearby. What's it smell like? Give me a description. Uh, you know, when you just leave ravioli in a fridge for like two weeks and then you throw that into a trash bag and then you take that trash bag to the trash can, which then gets picked up by the trash truck on the corner and then taken to the dump and it just specifically gets just dropped into an area where somebody had had dumped uh, some old fish that they were eating. Okay. It smells kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> smells like old ravioli and old fish at the dump. It's like a squatch has been sleeping here for for uh, a year, and um, yeah, it's not pleasant. Maybe I took a wrong turn somewhere in the cave. I'm not sure. I mean, is there any signs or remnants of him in there that he's been in there? Big duties everywhere. Big duties. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No and, wonder it stinks. Yeah, that's part of it. That is absolutely part of it. I think he's got a uh, a buildup of some sort of small woodland feral creatures that he hunted down and and put in his his cave closet before he went to bed so he's got a cave he's got a cave cold freezer yeah it's a he's got a stash of what smells like many small feral woodland creatures well hopefully they're not campers and explorers like yourself i sure hope not he was not welcoming with open arms the first time around, so I'm hoping he will be this time now that he's gotten to know us. <laughs> Wasn't it a jar of souls last time? Oh, there was a jar of souls. 
Maybe he'll want to show me that again. Who knows? <laughs> Good grief. Well. All right. Let's... <laughs> Sasquatch square off. Quick hits. We do got one more. I'm losing my mind. We've got a couple of running backs here. So if you like to go running back heavy early on in the draft, you're definitely going to be choosing between these two players here. Uh, going to be talking about J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with the Kansas City Chiefs, both a couple of second-year running backs that were much hyped going into their rookie seasons um, and, you know, didn't quite live up to the hype, I don't think, but, I mean, we're not bad by any means. Both uh, being drafted pretty high now. J.K. Dobbins selected typically with an ADP of 25. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire with an ADP of 22 in one quarterback, 12-team, half PPR leagues. And this is according to Sleeper average draft position data. So, Alex, you're going to be talking about Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Oh, yeah, most definitely. All right. And I will be discussing J.K. Dobbins. Going to be giving you our cases as to why we think you should draft the guy that each of us are discussing. Alex is going to get three minutes to talk about CEH, and I'll get three minutes to talk some JK. And then at the end, we'll have a little uh, free-for-all just discussing players that are being drafted around these guys and any questions or comments that we might have at the end. And by the time this is done, I'm hoping the Squatch will be within my sights. We'll see what happens. So I believe you are first for our final quick hit square off here, Alex. Are you prepared to talk some CEH? Uh, yes, just give me one second here. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> All right, and here we go. Round one, fight. On the clock. All right, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire currently being drafted at the 22 spot on an average draft position, half point PPR. He actually ended up running back number 22 last year. So, um, right in line. And, and I will be the first to tell you, I, I bit hard into the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, going to have the sensational rookie season. Um, I believe I actually even took him with my first round pick last year in our League of Origin. Yes, you did. And um, it, uh, I mean, he didn't have a terrible year, but it was not what everyone was expecting with all the hype that was surrounding him. Um, they, they were thinking that he was going to be the next Saquon Barkley, essentially, have that kind of a rookie season. So, And it did not pan out that way. Uh, the first game of the year, I mean, he had a stellar performance. He had 138 rushing yards and a touchdown with 25 carries, and it seemed like it was all systems go, and it was happening. But then after that... Um, the Chiefs just kind of, you know, kind of limited his usage a little bit. I mean, he'd bounce around anywhere between 10 and 20 rushing attempts and then occasionally get about, you know, um, anywhere from three to eight passing attempts his way a game, most of the time on the low side of those numbers. So um, he ended up on the season with uh, – let me get this here. Hang on a minute. I had it here. Uh, ended up <laughs> ended up on the season with uh, 803 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns and 297 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. So 
the big thing about Edwards Hilaire that everyone was really excited about was his receiving abilities. Uh, at LSU, he was big-time receiving option for the Joe Burrow-led offense and just didn't get utilized with that. And it was very strange because Andy Reid went to Patrick Mahomes and said, of all these running backs in the draft, who do you want the most? And he picked himself, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So... I think it was just it was a really strange offseason for those rookies. They didn't have hardly any time to get integrated into the system and acclimated to the culture and how the NFL offense is ran and all that. And they essentially had to learn on the fly during the regular season. So I think, you know, Edwards Hilaire is due for a big time bounce back this year. Only had five touchdowns last year, which is wild. And uh, Le'Veon Bell actually got brought on towards the the maybe last third of the season, he ended up with uh, 63 carries for 254 yards, had two rushing touchdowns, and then had 13 receptions on 99 with 99 receiving yards. So there's a good chunk of that. Oh, uh, good chunk of that. Uh, you were going to say that opens up. Am I correct? <laughs> I was going to say that I'm, I think that'll open up to either Clyde Edwards Alaire or, you know, I'm sure at least half of that's going to go to Daryl Williams, which the Chiefs actually still like to utilize. And they brought in Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, who was very, very hyped when he went to uh, San Francisco. I believe he was one of those that, that burned you <laughs> when you selected him in the second round and he got, went out with a season-ending injury. That he was. That yes. he was. A uh, lot of hype. Jerick McKinnon was a really good running back there for a little while. Is there any fear that uh, he's going to overtake Daryl Williams and then potentially start taking a lot of the work from Clyde Edwards-Alaire there? Or is he going to jump into that Le'Veon Bell role? I, ben, how long ago was that when he <laughs> had all the hype with the 49ers? That was two seasons ago, right? Two, uh, three that seasons. Is, uh, it was. Well, let me see here. 2018 when he went to the 49ers. Okay, yeah, three seasons ago. Three seasons. So, yeah, you know, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. <laughs> I'm asking uh, you the I'm questions that people might ask. That's true. I, I'm not too worried. I'm not too concerned about him. Um, Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, I think I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs offense now has the confidence in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They've had a full offseason with him to get acclimated to their system and how they run things. And the proof of that is they let Le'Veon go. They, they sent him out the door. He was kind of that veteran presence that they wanted to have there to help out in those crunch time situations. Um, they're showing me everything that says that they have all the faith in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think it's all systems go for him. Uh, Daryl Williams is going to be the change of pace back and Jarek McKinnon. I don't know. They might throw him in every once in a while just to, to get a little, you know, a little pizzazz in the system. But uh, I have Jarek McKinnon is not going to be throwing me off Clyde Edwards Hilaire. All right. All right. Good answer. Good answer. And I record scratched you right there because you are done with your time. So. <laughs> well, good. That's all I had to say. Well, perfect. Helped you out a little bit and gave you a little bit more time on top of that. All right. Well, that's a good argument for CEH right there, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And 
And uh, I do not dislike CEH by any means. But again, we're just trying to give you some information to help you make your choice when it comes to these two players. You're trying to look for, you know, either your second running back in the third round of your draft or you're going for your third running back if you're a maniac and go for, uh, you know, three or four running backs in the first three or four picks. Uh, yeah. So we're trying to help you make this decision here. So if you hear something what, that you like from one of us, hopefully it swings you in the direction of one of these guys and you're not sitting there biting your nails trying to figure it out. Uh, I am gonna... Like Ben's doing, trying to eat dinner right now. He's biting his nails just in a cave. <laughs> yeah, all by my lonesome. Down to the, to the maw, man. <laughs> to the nubs? <laughs> to the nubs. <laughs> What's a maw? <laughs> Anyway, what is a maw? What is a maw? <laughs> we, we get distracted. I need to talk about J.K. Dobbins here. Gonna put myself on the clock. J.K. Dobbins, second year running back for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, really, uh, really came on in the second half of his rookie season last year. Didn't get a whole lot of run in the first half there um, with the Ravens using Mark Ingram a whole lot and then. Gus the bus Edwards there so he uh they started using him quite a bit more in the second half of the season and once that started once they started giving him a majority of the running back work there he really came on um he ended up finishing as running back 28 and half PPR um if you include week 17 in that he would have finished as running back 21 because I believe he put up like a 28 point game in week 17 um over the course of the season he ended up with 134 carries 800 <clears throat> 805 yards nine touchdowns 18 receptions on 24 targets for 120 yards um jk dobbins led the league with six yards per carry that was something that i actually didn't know until i started looking doing a little bit more research on him for this uh, segment here but jk dobbins yeah led the league with six yards per carry that's efficiency alex that is some kind of helps when you got a guy named lamar jackson as your uh, your dual threat quarterback 100 percent, 100 percent uh leads me right into he plays on the number one rushing offense in the nfl um, that they just they pound the rock. That's what they do. They run, run, run. They run with their quarterback. They run with a number of running backs. Um, yes, there's talk that it's going to be a little bit by committee, which is kind of what it was like last year. They ended up getting rid of Mark Ingram. He's down in the barren wastelands of Desha of uh, not. I almost said Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, and now it's. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Bus are going to be the guys there. Now, Gus is going to get his run, but with the amount of times that these guys, the Baltimore Ravens, run the ball, both of these guys are going to get their share of work, and J.K. Dobbins going to be, is going to be the one that gets the majority of that work. Um, between weeks 8 and 17, when Dobbins took over that majority of the work where he got greater than 50% of the running back snaps, he was RB9, running back 9, and was an absolute terror to opposing defenses between weeks 13 and 17. 
Uh, Ravens O-line finished 16th in the NFL last season. They're projected to be the 12th best O-line going into 2021. But like you said, Alex, with Lamar Jackson there and that threat of him rushing the ball, teams got to worry about that, and that opens up lanes for the running backs. And I ran out of time before my last point there. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I really like, really like Dobbins and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming into this. I think uh, Dobbins is actually going to have a pretty special season this year. Um, There was, there's been talk of them passing the ball a whole lot more this season. But when you look at what's going on with the Ravens right now, four of their five top wide receivers are on the injury report right now alex i was going to bring that up actually like it's uh there's not going to be anybody to really throw it to outside of maybe mark andrews yeah and i mean if there for a little while it was looking like okay yeah they're really trying to gear up for lamar to actually throw the ball more they drafted rashad bateman who a lot of people have had over jamar chase as their wide receiver one in this class and he's dealing with uh, groin groin surgery. Is that what he had? Yeah, groin surgery. Groin surgery, and he's going to be out for a while. Sammy Watkins right now apparently is dealing with a hamstring. Uh, Marquise Brown is dealing with a hamstring, and I believe Miles uh, hamstring, I think. And then Miles Boykin has something going on too. So I don't know. <laughs> I think they're going to be forced to run the ball at least early in the season for sure and not switch over to the pass game like a lot of people have talked about. So that's kind of where I'm at with both of these guys, with Edwards Hilaire and Dobbins, is I think they're both they're both part of uh, uh, you know excellent offenses that are, are going to score a ton. Um, but Edwards Hilaire is going to get more receiving work this year than J.K. Dobbins is, even with all these pass catchers down right now. With last year... J.K. Dobbins' receiving yards was it was terrible. I think he had barely yards. over 100 yards over the year. Yeah. So 18 receptions, 24 targets, 120 when, yards. When Lamar doesn't see his first or second option open down the field, that's a problem. He doesn't look to the flat to dump it off to a running back. He's going to run it. Whereas Pat Mahomes, they scheme up plays for the running back to get open on on pass routes, and you know. Mahomes is more that tactical runner, whereas Lamar, I mean, he'll run whenever he wants to kind of deal. So um, he's good at in, it. <laughs> in half point PPR and full point PPR settings, um, I, I don't see how you can take Dobbins over Edwards Hilaire personally. Um, but uh, so that's kind of the tiebreaker for me is those half point PPR and PPR uh, leagues is uh, the receptions that Edwards Hilaire is going to get over Dobbins. I'm just I'm rolling with those numbers that uh, Dobbins got there at the back half of the season when they started having Mark Ingram become a, a healthy scratch, and with him gone, I think he's just going to be the guy. So uh, hopefully, we helped you guys decide what you want there. <laughs> these both these guys are young, exciting running backs, though, and I. I really like yeah. I really like both, but I do think both always have that threat of somebody else taking uh, the touchdown when they're down there in the red zone, where uh, Dobbins may have 
Gus Edwards come in and get some of the goal line work or Lamar Jackson just runs it in himself. CEH, on the other hand, the Chiefs get so creative down there when they're like on the goal line that a lot of the time you're seeing just these little forward like pop passes to Travis Kelsey or having Tyree Kill come on an end around or something like that that you can never really like fully expect that, oh, they're on the goal line, it's going to CEH. Not necessarily. <laughs> so, I mean, both. same thing can be said for the, the Ravens, though. I mean, oh, if you no, get in the both. goal line, I mean, Lamar can just as easily tuck it or. That's uh, what I said. Dobbins, yeah, Dobbins <laughs> could be. Are you listening to me? <laughs> I'm just reiterating it for the people. All right, all right, fair enough. <laughs> no, it's. I think they're both very similar uh, backs here, but. Uh, each of us just have a, a preference, and you gave some you, you gave a good argument for CEH right there, Alex. You, you definitely you have me thinking a little bit. Did but I sway you? <laughs> maybe a little bit. Uh, we don't have a whole lot more time here, but both these guys are going in the third round of twelve team leagues in drafts right now. Kind of going around them, you've got, uh, we talked about George Kittle, Darren Waller, and one of the other quick hits. Um, if you're not taking one of them, we assume you're waiting on tight end. So you're looking at the likes of Calvin Ridley, uh, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, uh, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. Um, I guess it depends on whether you want to go wide receiver or running back here, but let's talk about DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery. You going with CEH and J.K. Dobbins over both those guys, or you also have Chris Carson down in that range too? Yeah, I think I'm taking the uh, CEH and Dobbins over all those guys. Uh, Swift dealing with an injury right now, and the head coach for the Lions actually just came out and said they weren't sure if he was actually going to be fully ready for the start of the season, which is a little bit concerning. Um, David Montgomery, yeah, he's just – I don't know. I think the ceiling for Dobbins and CEH is, is higher than Montgomery. So I'm, I'm going for ceiling play when it comes, when I put Montgomery up against those two guys and then Carson. Yeah. I mean, Carson, I could see it. It's just, um, I don't know. I might be able to, there's a world where you could take CEH and Dobbins and then maybe even catch Carson on the, the end around. So that is true. That could be, could be a possibility there. So, that would be a fun way to start a draft. All three of those guys? All three of them. <laughs> oh, man. Just taking them all. I don't all. know if you can do that, but. You never know. Especially in home leagues, things get crazy. Uh, that's true. But all right. That'll do it for our final quick hit Sasquatch square off. I am in search of the Sass, and we are the Fellowship of the Squatch. <laughs> So what do we do? I mean, you, we don't I'm, have another episode. Are you are you giving up? Is all hope lost then, or are you close? I I I'm close. I know I'm close. I've been venturing further into this cave here, and I uh, I, I think I oh do you, do you hear that? Did, Is that a growl? Did you? Oh my god, there he is! I found him! Oh, Squatch! Hey, buddy! How, how, how you doing? Oh!